Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and we come to you on a very happy Monday afternoon. Tuesday for you, week 10 is here. Either way, we got the Bears, Bengals, Giants, and Texans on by for more teams. We got these coming, and we will continue on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast to bring you all the waiver wire goodness along the way. Try and get those fantasy football championships. Hope the first half of the season treated these well, but we are not dumb people. And as always, I am joined by none other than PFF Senior Analyst, Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's Monday, grinding away. <laughs> grinding away, great day to be great as always. And as always on this edition of the PFF Podcast, we will be going through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, top waiver wire targets. Again, the players we're going to list, not necessarily the guys I think we need to go after. We're going to explain that. Context matters more so. I want to go through everyone that I'm seeing across the industry being talked about so we can tell you who to go for and who to stay away from. So without further ado, Dwayne, let's get after it. Quarterback position, in my humble opinion, the top five streamers this week, looking at 50, 60 at the most uh, percent owned or less on Yahoo Fantasy. We got Baker Mayfield at the Patriots, Ben Roethlisberger versus the Lions, Carson Wentz versus the Jaguars, Taysom Hill at the Titans, and Matt Ryan at the Cowboys. So, Dwayne, quickly on these, Taysom could very well be first if he ends up getting this starting job. We talked about this on the review pod a little bit, which everyone can check out as well, where Dwayne and I went through every single Sunday afternoon game. But basically, Taysom, he was a QB one every single start last year. If you just want to think of him as Jalen Hurts, that's probably the easiest way to do it. The second he gets the full-time starting job, he will likely be a top 12 fantasy quarterback every week. We're just not sure when that's going to happen. Credit to Trevor Simeon. He has put them in a position. They actually did beat the Buccaneers, took a late lead against the Falcons. I still think, though, you can call void years, whatever you want, and pay a guy $140 million. You have that written on a contract. I feel like Taysom gets the job at some point. Why were they easing him back in from a concussion by pl- still playing him on punt coverage and having him block? I don't know, but hopefully he will be under center sooner rather than later. Let's say he doesn't start, though. I would rank these guys Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Big Ben, and Baker Mayfield. Look, Baker played fantastic last week. I can't say that enough. PFF's number one highest graded quarterback on the week. Guess what that got him? Tied with Jalen Hurts for the fantasy QB 11 pre-Monday night football. And that's really what happened with Baker last year. Like, okay, he will pop off occasionally, get you that four touchdown game that you're feeling good about. There's not enough pass volume in this offense, though. He just doesn't run enough to be a consistently fantasy viable quarterback. 
Big Ben matchup's good. Maybe he balls out on Monday night after this, but come on, people. He literally has not finished above QB 17 this year. We don't need to go down this path. That does leave us with Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, both of whom have really been balling out over the past month. Carson Wentz in particular, QB 7, QB 16, QB 10, QB 10, most recently QB 5 finishes. Obviously, that Jaguars matchup is borderline erotic. And then Matt Ryan, man, someone that I was happy to fade in the preseason. He has been coming on strong, though, over the past month. QB3, QB12, QB12, QB31 in the down performance. And then last week, QB3 again pre-Monday Night Football. So, again, Dwayne, I'm looking at these as Wentz, Ryan, Big Ben, Baker. That's assuming Taysom hits. I really think... Should Taysom be like the priority either way, or are you like just concerned enough about him actually getting the job? Because again, it just depends. Taysom, like if, yeah. if you have to have the starter for this week, it, it okay. puts you in a tough spot. But like if if you were like just looking for the rest of the season, I would rank Taysom as first on this list because Agreed. I think eventually he does start. I mean, so that would be my approach. But as far as if you've got to have a streamer for this weekend, I think the order that you have is right. You could flip Wentz and Ryan. You know, I think you could go either way. You know, looking at Matt Ryan, I just love over the last three games, 7.7, 8.4, 10.7 yards per attempt. You know, he's finished 12th, 13th, and third in fantasy rankings. Um, Carson Wentz is right there as well. Just, you know, yards per attempt aren't near like, you know, what we see. So he's a little bit more dependent you know, on, on the uh, touchdown passes from close in, but it's okay. I mean, he's been, you know, he and Michael Pittman have been on the same page. Pittman's got four touchdowns in the last three games. Um, So I like both of those players. I do think they are clearly the best two streamers. Um, And I agree. Ben would be next. I really don't want to play Baker Uh, run heavy offense. You you know, if, if he doesn't hit the big play, you're basically screwed. And he could still easily get hurt, right, in a game. I mean, he's still dealing with a shoulder injury. He's playing through it, is gutting it out. I mean, credit to him. But, I mean, at any moment like that, he could get knocked out of that game. Now, if we were to hear Taysom start, is going to start this weekend, I, he would move even to the top of the streamer list for this week and for the rest of the season. I agree with you 100% there. So keep an eye out with the Taysom Hill news. That is going to be dependent. And please, people, this is not Baker slander. I know I've come out and done that plenty this year, but you can be a great real-life quarterback and not a good fantasy quarterback, just like the inverse can apply to guys like Hurts and Taysom Hill. So again, that order for this week, if Taysom Hill is starting, he's number one. Even if he's not, he is the preferred season-long option if you are able to hold another quarterback on your team. You don't need a spot starter for this week. Otherwise, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, big drop-off, big Ben, then Baker. Now at running back, a lot of unknown in New England, man. We got Ramondre Stevenson and Damon Harris leaving with head injuries over the last week. Now, you know, Stevenson, I was re-watching that game today. He looked very good, but he, he looked pretty good all year. It just comes down to, again, with New England, where's the volume going to go? So even if... Like if both of them are ruled out, man, it's going to be JJ Taylor and Brandon Bolden, and maybe someone I'm knocking over water bottles. I'm getting excited. Get excited, don't, Brandon don't know, Bolden. Brandon don't Bolden. Do. <laughs> don't know what to do with my hands, Ricky Bobby. Scene. Anyway, um, like it's just always going to be a committee, regardless of who is going to be suiting up. So really, with the Patriots, I don't see a huge urge to go after one of these guys more so uh, than the other. Uh, yes, if Damon Harris is out and Stevenson is in, yeah, he would be someone that could maybe slide into the upside um, RB three scale. But looking at the spot against the Browns too, I just don't think it's anything to get too. Excited 
excited about. We got, you know, Benjamin, who after doing some research and we talked about this on the game review pod, it really just is the James Conner show in quarters one through three of that, you know, two score when the Cardinals had over the 49ers. Conner had 43 snaps, you know, had just 10. Conner had 16 rushes, you know, had four. Eno's not even getting the pass game work. He's nothing more than a potential handcuff at this point. We got Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. They split the backfield, but Dwayne, as you brought up in the utilization, Tyson is still playing the pass down role, even if he didn't get any touches. And also Latavius, who didn't practice last week, was listed as doubtful, not ruled out. It would make you think that maybe he is a little bit closer to returning. We also got Jordan Howard at Denver. No, we've talked about these Eagles backs. Just don't do it, people. Don't do it. And then Naeem Hines versus the Jaguars. I would say this is the most intriguing one to me, Dwayne, rest of the season, because Marlon Mack was a healthy scratch in that one. We did not see him used at all. He only had six carries and six targets, but we have seen the Hines over the past two years. When he gets the usage, he's a great player and he makes good production out of it. Now it's a battle to get it sometimes, but again, we can live with two RB backfields. If you look at every single one of these other guys, Howard, he's with Gamewell and Scott. Freeman, Bell, and Tyson, or obviously a Latavius coming back. Eno's a clear backup. And then the Patriots with three or four backs. I feel like out of this group, Hines is the one that gives you the most upside. But even then, dude, this is just a pretty weak waiver week at the running back position. Yeah, you don't really want to be starting any of these players. I would say if you had to, if you were just picking one, let's kind of look at it two ways. One is you just need a starter this weekend. Um, obviously we'd have to monitor the news with the Ravens, you know, but I mean, Freeman has been sneaky inside the top 24 for like three weeks. You know, he did get over 50% of the snaps this last week. He's still only around 35% of the rushing attempts. So like that's really being split up three ways plus Lamar Jackson getting involved. So it could, it could disappear at any moment, <clears throat> but Freeman has played, you know, fairly well, like over the last couple of games, you know, he has been better as far as missed tackles force per attempt, his yards after contact, all those things are slightly up. So if I was in an absolute pinch, Ian, and you told me, I just need one week. I just need somebody to start this week because I got a bye week issue. It would be Freeman. Then I would say Hines would be next. And to your point, it's really boom bust. That's what Naheem Hines has become. Yep. He's a boom bust uh, RB2. Um, if he but if he hits right, if he busts, he's an RB five. So I mean, really, I rank him as a boom bust wide, uh, boom bust rock, oh, boom bust RB four. We're not used to right? saying boom bust running backs, man. I, I yeah, we're not. We're not used to saying it. Boom bust RB four, and so whenever he hits, he gives you that RB two. When he misses, though, it's like oh my god, like I got like two points out of Naheem Hines. His role just isn't as steady as what it is what it was last year. It is better when Marlon Mack is out of the game. Like, so if you get the news that Max out, that's obviously, um, that's good news. I think Eno Benjamin would go last on this list. I do not want to start Eno Benjamin in any way, shape or form. Ramondre Stevenson. I also would not want to start unless I knew that Damian Harris was out. Um, Jordan Howard, I really don't want to touch either. So I would really go with either Freeman or Hines if I just needed something for this week. Now, if I was just looking at rest of the season and I'm just looking for a back to carry, I think Ramondre Stevenson, probably goes to the top along with Naheem Hines just because he's the younger player. If Damian Harris does get hurt, I do think he's the most likely to get to take over Harris's role, which has been pretty good, right? It's not great to your point. It's still a committee, but he could have a shot at being a top 24 back. You know, he's going to be touchdown dependent just like Harris is, but the Patriots have been able to make it work. So I would think Stevenson would go 
to the top for me rest of the season, just because I'm looking at the youth. The other player that would go on this list for me, that's it's not on this list right now. That would be rest of season, like just a player I want on my rosters and I'm trying to get him everywhere I can. That's Sony Michelle. Um, even before we had the Daryl Henderson injury and even excluding the last drive last night where Sony Michelle picked up like 15 snaps in that last drive, excluding all of that. He still took over half of the long down and distance work. He took over all the two minute work this past week. Um, it's just one week, but it's an elite offense with the Rams and he's the clear cut handcuff. We just don't have those. I think we actually mentioned Michelle last week. So this is probably a reissue of this, but like, he's still my favorite stash play If every player on this list. Like he's the player I'd want to stash the most. If I thought, Hey, if some, if everything broke, right, this back, like could actually be my RB two the rest of the season and really, you know, give me some upside. It would be so Michelle. And look, I know we've had the disappointments with Kenny Gamewell and some of these guys stepping up that we thought were going to be this one-for-one handcuff replacement after the starter left. That is Sony Michelle. So even though Daryl Henderson, you know, he had the brief ankle injury, returned to action. We're not expecting him to miss this week. But, you know, Dwayne, like if we just had to restart this season and we were back in late August, but like we knew this stuff, Sony would be firmly in that Pollard Madison yes, tier. Agree. And that's my biggest point. That's my biggest point. Like he deserves to be in that conversation. And he's the only one of those that's actually on the wire. <laughs> so no, you're hundred. Yeah. Cause any, you know, Connor, if any of these other starting running backs get hurt, none of them has as good as a role as Sony Michelle. So. Um, one last name, super deep leagues, but let's get weird. Deonta Foreman okay. for like almost nothing. You know, I mean, Peterson did not look that great. I, it was his first game back. So I'm not going to like chop on a 36 year old, right? <laughs> like let's let him get his legs on him, let him get going. You don't want to start these players, right? I don't want to start any of the Tennessee backs right now. It's a complete committee, but like Foreman still is the younger player. You know, he's a couple of years removed from the Achilles issue. He knows that offense. He played in it last year. Um, just, just a name. And so this is really for deeper formats and it's still, again, a stash, not someone that you want to start, but Deonta Foreman would be another name. Yeah. I mean, for those that did not see those snap splits yet, we had Foreman, McNichols and AP all under 50% dreaded three back committee. We did have AP lead the way with 10 carries. McNichols led the way with three targets and also got seven carries. Foreman chipped in five. Seems like a fairly fluid situation that will yeah. hopefully clear itself out in the upcoming weeks. But that is a good point just to, again, get access to someone who has a higher ceiling than a lot of these other running backs. So quickly, people, rest of season, we're trying to prioritize Sony Michelle, Naeem Hines, and Ramondre Stevenson. Also look for Deontay Foreman in deeper formats for this week only we are looking more at Naeem Hines and um, Devontae Freeman actually would probably be the top guy for this week only. Just make sure you keep an eye on Latavius Murray's health at wide receiver. Big name I'm seeing is Elijah Moore. And hey, he had the two touchdown game last week. Realize one of those completely busted coverage. And Dwayne, I think the bigger issue is we just continue to see one of the more muddled wide receiver pecking order rotations in the entire league. Jamison Crowder has a full-time role. Corey Davis usually did, but he's been hurt. Not on IR, so maybe he is back soon. And after that, we got Elijah, Mims, Keelan Cole, Jeff Smith, and Braxton Berrios all getting ample reps. And these aren't like five reps, man. Like they're actually getting out there in a concerted uh, rotation. So it's just not ideal. And hey, I, I I love the talent there. And in terms of the guys we're going to talk about, like 
maybe you could make a case for more like having this great extension in the second half, but at least for this week, man, they're facing the bills. Number one in fantasy points per game allowed the wide receivers. It's nice that Mike white and, you know, Josh Johnson have come out and like played well in backup relief, but come on people. We're still talking about one of the worst passing games in the league. Elijah Moore, you can love the prospect. I just think that we might be looking a little bit too much into a good but I think, again, when you look at more of the context behind the utilization, not great Thursday night football. We also got Michael Gallup, who seems to be nearing a return at this point. It would be against the Falcons. Once he's back and once we can clear up that role, he could be in that weekly wide receiver three conversation. Um, we just kind of need to, again, see when that is going to happen specifically. Brandon Ayuk looking good. The usage for back-to-back weeks has been great. We know he can do it, people. My only concern is last week, him, Kittle, and Debo got the targets because Jimmy G threw the ball 40 times. Five of his other six games this year have been 30 or fewer pass attempts. So it's going to be Ayuk, Debo, or Kettle. I think one of them is probably going to disappoint uh, during any given week. Last week it was Debo. Could very well be Ayuk again. Also got Donovan Peoples-Jones. Dwayne and I talked about him a lot on our review pod. Great player. Same thing with Baker, though. Just a little bit concerned about the overall passing game environment in Cleveland. And then we got Deshaun Jackson, who maybe he comes in just as a one-for-one replacement with Henry Ruggs. Really think that's wishful thinking, Dwayne. I know Deshaun, he's had a couple big plays this year. I'm not saying he's washed, but expecting him to go have a full-time role and then become this high-end fantasy performer, uh, I'm just not going to go out of my way to really hope that happens. So out of this group, I would probably lean... Ayuk first. Ayuk and Gallup, I think, give you the best chance of being consistent wide receiver threes. Dalton Peoples-Jones, more of a boom-bust option. I think Elijah Moore is kind of in that conversation as well. So would you agree with that, Dwayne? Kind of Ayuk, Gallup, and Tier 1, and then after them, Moore and DPJ are giving you, I guess, more of that boom-or-bust value? Yeah, I think Ayuk's the clear, you know, number one yeah. on this group, just because we also we know he's a great – we know he's a, a really good player – and he just got off on the wrong foot. You mentioned all the right things about that offense and it could be an issue, but look, you're heading into week 10, like fantasy season is closing out. Brandon Ayuk is a player I wouldn't be shy with. Like I'm not sitting around waiting with my fab. If he's available, I'll dump as much as I need to get in because I know he's a good player. And at this point, I think you just like, we can't keep waiting on more utilization. You kind of got to place your bets on some of these guys and you got to be more risky. And for me, like Elijah Moore, I actually, I really like him. And here's why, like the difference between him and these other, I say really like him relative to where we are in the season. We don't have much room left. Right. So when I look at Elijah Moore, what I like the thing he's doing, that these other receivers are not doing that are getting as many routes as he is. He's consistently getting the targets per route run. So over the last three weeks, 21%, 33%, 22%. So yeah, he's not out there, you know, as much as we want him to be, but of all the receivers on that team, he's the only one demanding those sort of targets. If we look at Jamison Crowder, 15%, 26%, 15%, Denzel Mims, 13, 18, 12, Keelan Cole had a great catch a couple of weeks ago. They got actually he's yeah. had two great catches back to back weeks, 13, 11, and he was at a 30 this past week. But I really like with Elijah Moore. If you look at him over the last three games, he's at 24% targets per route run. He's at 22% on the season. That's why we like targets per route run, because it's an equalizer. It can kind of get rid of all the games where you're injured and you're missing, and we can still compare you to your peers. That 22% ranks the same as Jalen Waddle. He just, you're, you're making a bet on the talent. You do need his routes to get higher. It, it may not happen. It could be a complete whiff. But I think what he's shown us is the big playability, which is really what we want as fantasy managers. So for me, I would be willing to put, you know, 
20%, you know, of my fab on Elijah Moore, even knowing that his routes are not quite where we want him to be because of the talent aspect. And we know he is demanding the targets. I agree on Michael Gallup um, and Donovan Peoples Jones. Like you said, we already talked about it also on Deshaun Jackson. Like he's men, men bid. I just don't trust him to stay healthy. He can blow up for a week or two. He's more like a guy you might throw a dart at in DFS, right. Rather than really trying to bet anything on him in your season long leagues. Um, as far as like the way I would rank these in um, and these are kind of interesting, right? Because I think they're all, they give you some rest of the season value, but they're all kind of similar. Like if you wanted to start on this week, we could pick apart any one of these players like Gallup. We could look at it and say, look, he's still returning, you know, have Dalton Schultz step up. He could be fourth in the pecking order. He could be third. He could be second any week. We don't really know. Um, and the Cowboys have shown a willingness to run the football when they get ahead. They're not going to have every game work out where they're trailing, you know, by 30 points in the fourth quarter. Like that's probably not going to be a game script we're going to see very often for Dallas. So the order I would put these players in would be Ayuk first, then I would have Gallup second, but I would have Elijah Moore very close as third. And then I would have Donovan Pe Peoples-Jones at four, and I would have Deshaun Jackson at five. But I'm not sure what order you would use. Like I was saying before, I thought it was Ayuk, Gallup, and then kind of a teardrop off. But after what you're saying, and I was doing some research as you were talking, uh, looking at the Jets, they are third in pass play rate this year and fifth, even you know after removing garbage time from that equation. So even if Moore doesn't have the sort of same you know route participation as these other guys, the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Browns, like they want to run the football. The Jets, yeah. even if they do want to run the football, they aren't good they enough to be able to do that. <laughs> so, no, I think that's very fair. Ayuk Gallup Moore in that top tier. Don Peoples-Jones, he looks really good. But, yeah, we just know at this point that Baker will be really efficient and maybe only on 2025. And I do pass. like Peoples-Jones. I mean, yeah. it's another young player. That's what I like about all these. These are all young, good players. We're not talking about like some, some of these weeks – we're talking about complete scrubs, really, <laughs> right? Like these are all players that have ceilings. And I like that about them. People's Jones, you know, is a guy they loved in training camp. So like, I just, I remember that um, he's looked good over the last three games. Um, over the last three games, he's been in the top 36 wide receivers. The, the last three that he's played healthy, he's been in the top 36. So, I mean, People's Jones has been playing as well. So he's like barely a tier below these other guys. And honestly, like it wouldn't like floor me in if all of a sudden we came back in three weeks from this. I'm like, wow, Peoples Jones actually finished second or first of that group we talked about. I think he is a tier below, but he's still pretty close. So I wouldn't try to be too cheap with him. Okay. Like for me, so just to help people, yeah. I, I think you got to go 50% plus to get it. And you just got to go for it, right? I think Elijah Moore is 20% and and more depending on what you think. Um, I think the same thing for Donovan Peoples Jones, and I would put him as my backup to Elijah Moore. I want to, if I know I need a receiver, I want to get one of these four, like these four, you're not probably going to get another chance this season to get young talent like this onto your squad and, and get them in time to make a difference for you if they're gonna. Right. So I wouldn't be shy with them. And then Gallup, I haven't thought about him because um, I recommended him a few weeks ago as like a one percenter. Like, what would you put on Gallup? And I haven't thought about him. Probably the same range. I would probably put him like more around like the 30 percent. I think that's maybe 30 percent mark. I'd say 20, 25. If you want to go a little bit more and you need help, then absolutely. I was just Dwayne, like, you know, as underwhelming as the running backs are, like you, like I can get excited about all four of these guys yeah. with, with all due respect to DJX. But if you're just someone looking for upside, like definitely focus on these wide receivers and anything those running backs are doing for you. I agree. Uh, the wide receivers, that's where the money's at this week. That's where you're going to really have a chance to make a difference for your roster. Only took until week 10 people were back in. <laughs> Brandon and I got a look. All right. But, so, hey, we're here. 
We are here. Some tight end streamers before we let you go back about your day. Dan Arnold at the Colts last four games, tight end nine, tight end 33, tight end two, then tight end 10. Why did Urban Meyer, you know, go coach in the NFL in order to feed Carlos Hyde and Dan Arnold? I don't know. That is what we're looking at, though. So Arnold is someone that I think you can feel good about. Not playing, you know, a wide receiver position, but he really is someone that does have that skill set. We are not looking at just a plotter that's getting volume. He actually can make some things happen with the targets the top option though that i was surprised to see as low as he is i mean i i get it i guess if you're just in a single tight end league you don't necessarily need to keep backups but dawson knox man should be back sooner rather than later this week he's at the jets before he got hurt tight end nine. is he available bro he was at like 30 or 40 percent i couldn't believe it <laughs> god really i haven't even looked at him because yeah. i just didn't think i didn't even check him Okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah. So Dawson Knox, number one for sure. If he is out there, go get him. And you have Josh Allen's number, you know, number one tight end out there and someone that is going to be out there every single down. We got Tyler Conklin at the Chargers. Chargers having a bottom three defense against tight ends. Really good against wide receivers. Uh, it's just a situation where they're not really using Derwin James this year as that tight end stopper that he was as a rookie. Three top 12 finishes. You always run the risk of, you know, Kirk Cousins having a game where they just end up feeding Dalvin Cook and we don't have a bunch of pass game volume. With this week, though, against the Chargers, I would say as good as bad as any of them continuing to ramp up. Plenty of pass game usage and then finally pat fryermuth versus the lions we'll see what happens on monday night but if eric ebron is going to remain out fryermuth is going to remain in that low end tight end one conversation so out of this group Dwayne, i would say dawson for sure number oh, yeah. one easy tier yeah. of his own easy tier of his own i would lean fryermuth over arnold i think they're both kind of similar tight end one borderline maybe a few spots up and then conklin perfectly fine upside tight end too yeah, I, I mean, the way I look at it is Dawson Knox first um, for this week, if he's back or rest of the season, period. He's the one. Conklin and Arnold are really in the same tier. Fryermuth, I have just slightly below just because once Ebron comes back, they're probably going to rotate more. Whereas Conklin, we know he has his role. Arnold, we know he has his role. If it was just a talent thing and I was just, you know, saying, hey, I'm just placing, you know, a chip on the younger player with the biggest ceiling, that would still be Fryermuth. So depending on the way your roster is constructed, say you've got a great tight end, you you know, hey, you're through your bye weeks, you're good to go. It's a tight end that's not hurt very often. And you want to carry Fryermuth over these other guys to see what happens and see if he just maintains this role when Ebron comes back, then I don't blame you for that. But if you need to stream someone, you know, next week, then I think the other, you kind of got to lean to the other guys just a little bit more until we hear more that, you know, if, if in fact Ebron's going to miss or Fryermuth has actually surpassed him. And guess what? The coaches aren't going to tell us that. We're going to have to wait and see them both be active to really know. And then instead of beat writers, like giving us useful information, we'll get like a very nice, like personal story about like a second string linebacker instead of like, or they'll just retweet the snaps that we put out and we'll be like, yeah, but we need you to tell us why the snaps are like that. Like what are the coaches saying? (laughs) Quickly summing that up people, Dawson Knox tier of his own. You need a tight end. Go get him. Absolutely. I, that's a, it's a good point about rest of the season usage. I would give Dan Arnold the lean over Pat Fryermuth on that. If you're looking for a one week stopgate, but I mean, who are the team? on by bears Bengals, giants texans yep. you, pr- you probably don't have one of those tight ends anyway like i would hope you don't um from the beginning you're not starting if you are starting any of those tight ends all of these are better <laughs> <laughs> exactly well, i guess cj uzoma has had some nice weeks but he's yeah. it's just hard to trust like the fourth player in the pecking order of the Bengals passing game as good as it is so just realize between arnold and fryermuth arnold should have this spot for the rest of the season fryermuth will be back to an unusable fantasy asset once eric ebron is back 
Great stuff, people. Hope you always enjoy this waiver wire edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Just want to remind you that right now you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code FANTASY. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged a snap last week. Go check out the highest graded players from week nine. What can you get with our PFF sub? Well, I'm happy you asked. You can get Dwayne's utilization report, my wide receiver cornerback article, and Every other single piece of locked article content we offer each and every week, weekly player rankings, strength of schedule tool, betting dashboards, player prop tools, that and so, so much more, all for 25% off with promo code fantasy. Support the podcast, become a smarter fantasy fan, NFL fan, and just, you know, support the podcast. Code fantasy, 25% off. Appreciate you as always. And also everyone, NFL fans, hungry for a big big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win on promo code PFF. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers. Only men find our deposit. $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. for details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. And finally, whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western and Southern is teaming up with PFF's very own Chris Collins with the share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Want to hear about Chris's old playing days? Maybe behind the scenes with Al on Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both. And every football or financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a cater party for February's big game. Check out the Chris Collins with podcast and Western and Southern's Instagram for answers. Answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Dwayne, we'll be back tomorrow, breaking down every single game in week 10, officially halfway through the longest season in NFL history. And I love it. I'm not complaining. Best sport on the planet. And we get an extra week of it. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Mr. McFarlane? No, man, we've hit it. Uh, utilization report will come out tomorrow. So uh, lots of goodies like this about the waiver wire folks, about the upgrades, downgrades, buy low, sell high, all that kind of stuff in one article covering every team, breaking down every position. Love it. Love Dwayne. Love all you listeners out there, as always. For Dwayne, I'm Ian. Until next time, take care, everybody.